Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining us today on this episode. A.J. Burton, Associate Head Coach of Southern Maine Community College, joins the show as we dig into the preseason. And I think this is not talked about often enough. When you think about basketball in the course of seasons, you have your offseason, you have the preseason, the end season, and then the postseason. And too often, I think the preseason aspect gets swept under the rug a little bit. So over this past month, I really wanted to speak with different coaches and learn more about what they do in the preseason from that first week of practice to this episode with AJ on from that first practice leading all the way up to the first game. All right, let's get to the show. like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to AJ Burton. Coach, your second time on the podcast. That must be good. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I will have to ask, am I the first person to make a second appearance? No. Ooh, all right. All right. That's but okay. You're in, you're in rarefied air. And, and I will say that that episode that you did talking about the four out one in offense is one of our most popular episodes. It's a top five episode on the coach's edge. Hey, I'll, I'll take that. And, you know, I'll go a step further too. You know, if, if anybody ever wants, um, you know, on paper, what it's kind of a breakdown, the buildup of, I know it's a little harder to understand just, you know, listening to the dialogue, but if anyone ever wants to reach out and get that, I could always send it out. Um, even to you, if you want to share it with others or if someone individually that wants to get more in depth on it, I'm more than willing to share it with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll put your contact information below if any of our listeners want to contact you directly. Um, and obviously you can send that to me as well and I can share it out um, with, with some of our listeners as well. Um, for those that didn't listen, because we had you on in one of our very first episodes, can you briefly introduce yourself before we get into our topic of the preseason? Yeah, uh, my name's AJ Burton. Uh, I'm the associate head coach at Southern Maine Community College. Um, this is my third year in that position. Um, I'm going in my fifth year um, at SMCC. Uh, the first two years, I was just an assistant coach. Um, obviously, it's going to be a unique fifth year, but uh, it's gonna. I'm sure it's going to be interesting for everybody as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to sharing, you know, kind of what we do um, from a preseason standpoint. Hopefully, you know, there's some teaching points or something you learn new um, that you can take and use moving forward with your programs. Absolutely. Ex expect the unexpected at this point. <laughs> we've all, we've all certainly learned that. And I think this is a really important topic for uh, coaches because often we have our off season plans. How are we going to develop our athletes, whether it's strength and conditioning skill set. And then many times we think about the season when games are being played and what is that going to look like, but breaking down that first practice, you know, leading up to what that first game is that preseason section is, is so, so vital. So digging right into it, what do you try to emphasize most with your team in the preseason? You know, one of the first things that we really try to emphasize with our guys is, you know, going back to um, I was first on the podcast talking about our offense, you know, you know, it's understanding floor spacing. Um, you know, we always emphasize to our guys like, look, there's always got to be four spots filled on the perimeter, um, the wings and the seams. Um, obviously, our fifth guy is going to be inside. Um, he's always on ball side block. So that's kind of the first teaching point is really having them understand 
the floor spacing and the purpose of our offense. Again, because we're very unique on how we play. Um, we have a lot of freedom to our offense, um, but there's no true continuity to our offense as well. We just have some simple actions to really defy our offense. So once guys get the understanding of our floor spacing, you know, then we really take it one step at a time. Um, you know, coach Matt Richards says it best, slow down to be fast. Um, he, that's kind of the big theme in preseason um, for us is we always, it's probably something we say on a daily basis to him is always like, Hey, slow down to be fast, especially our new guys, because they don't realize how big of a jump it is from high school to college. So once we get them to understand by slowing down and letting the game come to them and letting the offense create for itself, then it becomes fun for the guys to be a part of it. Um, you know, and obviously too, another thing that we emphasize is the proper read and, read and react action that we have in our offense. Um, you know, our biggest three themes that we run are down screens, flare screens, and ball screens, which we call in our terminology, a smash screen. Um, so we kind of emphasize like, all right, on a down screen, you have three different reads coming off a screen. On a flare, you have three different reads. Smash, you know, we have, I talked about the rise action we have. We have the drift drag action. You know, we have, it's a big buildup that leads into the whole like five, five on O setting for us. Um, and what we also too say is like, hey, it's not just the guy coming off the screen that's making a read, but the screener's also making a read too. And we always say to the guys like, look, if both guys make the correct reads, one of you is going to be open. It doesn't matter who, but someone's going to be open. Um, so those are kind of the biggest emphasis that we have in the preseason. And what's unique about, you know, the organization that we're part of in the USCAA um, in the whole month of September is our preseason. So really, I get to work with the guys for a whole month to really prep them up and get them prepared for our first official practice on October 1st. That's pretty cool. It's almost like a preseason preseason. Exactly. That's really interesting. I'm not going to, you know, really interesting stuff with that you broke down with the offense, but I'm not going to dive into, you know, what are the reads on the down screens, the flare screens, the ball screens. If you're interested, go back and listen to coaches first, one of his first episodes, because he covers a lot of those actions within their offense in that episode. But coach, it sounds like you're you're really breaking down the things that you want your team to understand from the offensive side of the court with, with the spacing. Slowing down to be fast is great at the high school level as well. How many kids do you see throughout the course of the year? I know I see a lot when I'm traveling, running camps. and Kids can get to the rim, for example. They're flying in there, but it was the decision correct, out of control, missing the shot, balance is, is a big thing. That is a great piece of advice, slowing down to be fast. And then you're going through some of those details within your offense. Coach, what are some of the non-negotiables within your team as you start the season? You could cover from a culture standpoint or from uh, X's and O's standpoint. Yeah, I mean, what I can tell you is just from like our culture standpoint, um, the first thing we preach to the guys and it, it's like a constant, it's every day from the coaching staff to our returners to eventually our new guys get comfortable with it, but it's communication. Um, we want our guys to be effective communicators on the floor. Um, and again, you know, when new guys come in, you know, they're a little uncomfortable, you know, they really don't want to talk, you know, they're trying to get acclimated with not just their new teammates, but also to like, just with the style of play and so forth like that. So I call them mutes. 
And I say it to him, like, look, you're going to be a mute and it's okay. But at some point, I'm going to need you to be comfortable being uncomfortable by communicating more often. Um, and actually, one of our freshmen is actually starting to come out of his shell in the communication. We just had our um, small group workout the other day. And it was the first time from the start of the workout to the end of the workout, he was communicating um, more often. And I told him afterwards, I said, you're starting to understand what we're trying to do. Um, but also what helps too, is that I put a lot of this on our returners is, hey, you guys got to lead the charge. You know, you guys are going to be ones lean by example. Yes, you're going to be the first guys going first in our, our drills, but hey, pull a teammate to a side um, that's unsure or is not really knowing what's going on, you know? Because like we always talk about too, and I said it earlier in the podcast, um, you know, player-led teams are more successful than coach-led teams. So when our freshmen or any of the new or any new guys hear that constant communication from the returners, it makes it a little bit easier for them to come out of their shells much quicker than if the coaching staff is trying to get that out of them or trying to twist their arm to communicate. So that's the first thing we really uh, treat as a non-negotiable with them. Um, the second one is, you know, Matt Richards does a really great job of describing this in our program. You are one of two people. You're a chemistry creator or you're an energy sucker. He always defies each one. A chemistry creator is a guy that comes in and is just all about the team and just wants to win. He's willing to put his individual accolades to the side for the bigger picture. You know, by simply like if I, if I made a pass to my teammate and he scores, um, you know, we teach him like, what's the point? You know, if a guy makes a great play, guys are pointing to each other. Like if I threw a pass to you, you scored, you would point to me like, Hey, great pass. I'd be pointing right back to you. Like, Hey, I got you, you know, so forth like that. Cause also too, it starts building up the trust and chemistry within our team. Um, then he'll go on and say, you know, what's an energy sucker. You know, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's a guy that's willing to come in saying, I'm just here for me, not for the team. I want to get my 20 to 25 shots up. I want to play the whole game. I'm here so I can get the, the big time accolades of all conference player of the year, all American, so forth like that. Um, I can tell you this from the four years I've been here so far, any kid that's an energy sucker doesn't last long in our program. Um, they are outnumbered. Um, and eventually they just weed themselves out. It's to the point where they can't be around the guys anymore, or it's just our, our leaders who are chemistry creators just force them out. Now, I will say this too, and Coach, Coach Matt Richards says this to the guys too. Look, if you start out as an energy sucker, you can turn into a chemistry creator, but all of it takes is you just buying into what we're really trying to do and understanding the big picture. Um, leading into Matt Richards again too, you know, he has this thing. Um, what we call Matt Richard standard time. His watch is set seven minutes ahead of schedule. So if we have practice at 430, at 423, you better be on the floor, ready to go. Getting some shots up, getting loose, because he's on the floor seven minutes prior to uh, practice starting. And that's his constant. If you're not on the floor prior to him being there, not a good look for you. Now we do have guys that do have class, that come in, you know, right at 4.30 or maybe slightly after, which they have that excuse. You know, we already know that ahead of time. But that's one of the emphasis, too, is like, hey, Matt Richards Sanger time in our program is you better be at least seven minutes uh, there prior to the actual start time. And that goes with leaving. That goes to any team meetings that we have. So guys learn pretty quick. If they don't follow through on that, Coach, Coach Richards is not happy. 
Um, and he puts a lot of that ownership on the returns too to make sure that message is sent across the board. And then the last one is, you know, our terminology. You know, going back to that original podcast, you know, I talked about our terminology. That's one of the things too that we say is a non-negotiable. You know, when we go into a gym, we kind of speak our own language. When we go to another gym, they have no idea what we're talking about. But us as a whole, we know what we're talking about. And it leads to, you know, outside of that when you're done playing, alumni, they understand our terminology so they can come into our gyms and immediately know what we're talking about. Um, even going to a visitor's gym too, they know everything. So those would be like the non-negotiables in our culture that we kind of like are pretty stand, stand pretty firm by um, right from day one. So many great nuggets in there. The one that really stuck out to me was number one, the communication piece. So I'd like to ask you about that real quick is when you have a team, I thought this was really unique. Your freshmen that are coming in, and you, you said you're going to be a mute for a while. Um, do you have a conversation with them of like, listen, we want you to be communicating, but you need to know what you're saying. Um, what does that look like? Because I haven't really heard that before. I've heard, you know, you come in, be vocal, be talking, be, you know, just you're talking, talking, talking. This sounds really specific to if you're going to say something, it has to mean something. Before we get back to the episode, I wanted to give you a quick thank you for listening to The Coach's Edge. And if you like what you hear, please share it out with somebody else, tag us on social media, and scroll down if you're on Apple Podcasts and hit a positive rating and leave a review. That would be really awesome as we continue to build The Coach's Edge. All right, let's get back to the show. Right. And a lot of that too, is like, when I say to some of the guys, like I'll pull them aside, um, especially in our last, you know, couple of weeks, pulling fresh time, like, look, be confident. You know, the, you have teammates here. They believe in you. We brought you here because we believe in you. You, we brought you here for the biggest reason is because you're the right fit for our program. So be confident in yourself right then and there. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, these kids struggle with sometimes is like, you know, my experience, I was like that when I went as a freshman, I felt overwhelmed. I kind of looked around being like, I don't know what to say, what to really do. But it was one of the assistants at the time that I played for at St. Clair County or SC4, um, just saying like, hey, be confident, be confident what you're saying. Your teammates are going to trust you. So that's the biggest thing that we try to say to them is like, yes, you're going to be a mute. But boy, we're going to instill so much confidence into you where we're going to force you to unmute yourself and talk. I like that. You're giving them confidence and you're not putting the pressure on them right away. Because how often does it seem like we do that? We put our pressure on ourselves as coaches too, where it's like, oh, you're supposed to know all the answers, right? And you have an incoming freshman. Hey, it's okay that you don't do not know, right? It takes a long time to learn this game. And so, you know, watch, learn, pick up, and then let's roll. I, I love that. Switching yeah. gears a little bit to some game on-court specifics. Are there some specific drills that are more preseason oriented for you to help get your team ready? Yeah, I, we, you know, what we, the tendency that we usually do is, you know, about every week, you know, we kind of pick like, okay, what is the big teaching point um, that we want our guys to understand 
um, on the offensive side. Uh, you know, the one thing we're doing right now is we are finally starting to do some five on O stuff. And we're really trying to emphasize to our guys like, okay, let's do a red touch, um, which for our terminology, that is an immediate um, post feed. We're teaching that once it goes in the post, post player is going to skip it opposite and go follow it with a smash. Um, because we think, because by changing size of the floor, that's a hard thing to guard because once the ball goes inside, a lot of heads are going to turn. By immediately skipping that out and the big going to follow that and smash immediately, which then leads into our rise action. We're trying to like give them some tools and some concepts of being like, okay, we're giving you the moments to prepare for the game moment. Um, so that's kind of something right now that we're doing. Um, you know, we might do some two on O stuff, some three on O stuff that predicate to our offense. Um, but a lot of times is we do, we give these guys scenarios and we'll be like, you know, example, going back to the post feed. When you skip it out, big guy, you're going to go smash it. Let's say the help side over helps on the roll. So we're going to hit the rise, you know, but what we do in these types of things is, you know, we have other coaches there. We have two, maybe three basketballs going up into the basket for shots, you know, like, Hey, the post player is going to get this shot, but, um, coach AJ is going to have this ball and he's going to hit the weak side guy coming off a flare screen coach tense. You know, he's going to hit, um, the guy that after the rise hits the post, he's going to feed it right back to the rise for a jump shot. So we kind of break it down in different scenarios and actions just so guys can be interchangeable. Because again, in our offense, you're not set to one position minus being the post player. So we make guys change into different positions and giving them different looks. So then when that moment comes in the game, they're ready for that moment to make the correct read. You're being specific with things that fit your offense instead of saying, Hey, this is a good preseason basketball drill. Maybe you saw it on Twitter. You got it from another coach, but it doesn't apply to your team. That reminds me of our uh, podcast with coach Troshek and he broke down specific things that they want to cover just because he knows those are things that they're going to encounter during the season. Sounds like you're doing the same thing on the offensive end with the actions that you want to have. And then you're getting shots up, which preseason, in season, you do a drill like that, especially if you have the coaching staff at the college level, get your shots up. I think that's, that's really good. It sounds like a lot of your practice is dedicated toward the towards the offensive end. So if you could quantify that or put that into percentage, how much of your preseason practices would you say are, are designated towards the offensive side compared to the defensive side? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say it's probably 75% of our preseason um, is more devoted to our offense, um, whether that be through skill development or team concepts. Now, you know, the defensive things, you know, we will do some live stuff. Um, just so guys can understand the read and reactions. But, you know, a lot of times, like, um, you know, I'm the one that's really in charge of the preseason. Um, Matt Richards doesn't really take over until October 1st. So it's my job to make sure these guys are the most ready and prepared possible on the offensive end before he really takes over. Because we always say to our guys, you know, when we get into October, you know, we're going to really start on the defensive side. Um, but I want to get you guys ready for the offensive side right on day one when we start practice. Um, and then what I do too is like, you know, at the end of each workout, 
I might bring the guys in and be like, okay, hey, here's our teaching point defensively. Let's teach our proper closeouts. Let's maybe teach our positioning um, in a shell drill. Let's teach our proper way of boxing out. Or let's teach our proper way on how we're going to do our box out out of free throws. Um, so I kind of give them something new every single time um, on the defensive end. But mainly, though, my biggest, uh, my biggest thing is trying to get them prepared more offensively. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask, since we're on that subject, how does that 75-25 compare to when the season has started, you're playing, you know, one or two, even maybe even three, I don't know, games per week. Um, you know, I'll start off when we begin on October 1st. Um, you know, the reason why I do more offense in the preseason is because week one of our official practice, we don't do anything offensively. We're doing everything defensively. Um, I really got this too from, you know, obviously Miami Heat, you hear about their culture, so forth like that. You know, one of the things that they do that we took from them is that that first week of training camp, it's all predicated just to team defense. So like when, once that week's done, it then leads into, you know, going more into offense, doing more skill development. Um, but for us, you know, what we do is once we get into an actual season, we probably devote maybe 25 to 30 minutes every practice of doing some kind of skill development. And we practice for about two hours. So if you really think about it, you know, hour and a half that practice, we're maybe doing some defensive concepts, you know, maybe doing some live stuff with our offense. But from a skill development standpoint, we're going about 25, 30 minutes. Um, and a lot of it's going to be dependent on, you know, what our opponent does defensively. Um, skill development one day might just be some simple footwork action. Um, we like to change things up with the guys because we don't want them to be like, oh, we're going to do this same thing over and over and over again. Um, we just like to keep them on their toes um, and keep them engaged by just changing things up on them. Now, we might start practice by doing that in the uh, offensive skill development stuff. We might do it at the middle of practice, or there's times we might save it for the end. Um, again, just to keep guys on their toes so they're not just doing something over and over that's the same. Yeah, I think, you know, if it's 25, 30 minutes out of how long do you say you guys usually practice in season? Uh, we go about roughly uh, two hours um, for the most part. You know, I think it's, I mean, that seems like a solid chunk to be spending time on skill development, especially in season, because at least in the conversations that I've had with many coaches, <laughs> I often hear, we're, we're going to try to squeeze some more time in for shooting, or we're going to try to squeeze some more time in for, you know, ball handling or finishing some type of player development because they're dedicating so much of their practice to the defensive side and to the offensive strategy as far as their their plays and then scouting of that next upcoming game and if you really think about those three categories with a lot of the coaches that i've been around that takes up for a lot of the coaches that i know close to 100 percent of their practice and you're breaking down about 25% of your practice. I mean, that's a huge, huge difference, which I think shows like you've been successful. You're at a, a darn good college basketball program. And the, the ability for that time management and that priority of we're going to continue to develop our skill set with players throughout the course of the year. I think that's that. Have you noticed that that payoff? Yes. Um, you know, it's, 
it's always funny. It's like when we get back from Christmas, that's where I always feel like as a team, we just take off. Um, and it could be like, even when we're a very young and experienced team, I always tell myself like, yup, there's going to be some ups and downs in the first half of the season. But boy, when we get back from Christmas, it's just like, everybody's just like, as one, it just clicks. And we all just take off from the skill development that we do. Um, and it just leads to bigger and better things um, moving forward. And, you know, I want to do like that kind of stuff with our guys, especially because, you know, when I transferred to an NAI school, um, Rochester University, um, I, I love my coach to death, love him to death, would run through a brick wall for him. Um, but one of the things that I first found out, like, you know, it's like, he says like, Hey, we're never going to do shooting in practice. We'll never do anything like that. And I'm thinking I'm a shooter though. Like that's what, I'm, that's what I was brought here to do. Like I'm a shooter. I'm like, we're not even gonna do any shooting in practice. So like I had to do all my shooting outside of practice, which like, again, everyone's got different philosophies. But for me, I thought, I think it's just best for our program, especially the level we're at is these guys getting the skill development. Because again, our biggest goal is we want them to, you know, have success playing for us, but ultimately is we want to help them move on and continue playing the rest of their college career. Sure, so we try sure. to get them as prepared as possible for that next step for them in their playing career. If you're a high school coach listening, if you're not doing any offensive skill shooting, you might not have a whole lot of people trying out for the team next year, right? You got to give them some, you got to give them some sugar, right? Um, coach a, a high school coach, they call you up and they say, if you have one piece of advice that you could give me for what I need to do with my team to improve my team, specifically between that first practice and that first game, what would that advice be? Uh, I would ask the question back to him. I'd be like, give me what, what are your constants in your program? You know, it could be three to five things, you know, what are, what are the three things that when you get to a game, the team or whoever you're playing, someone's going to be watching you for the very first time. And when they leave that game, what are the three to five things that they're going to talk about being like, wow, this team does this really well, or they do this really well. They do that really well. So you really got to identify yourself like, okay, I want our team to always be very good in these categories. Um, the example I can give you, you know, what are our constants at Southern Maine Community College? Team defense, offensive efficiency, and team rebounding. You know, that's the biggest thing that we always say to our guys is like, when someone new watches us, we want them going away being like, wow, SMCC Seawolves, they are great team defense. They play very efficient offensively and boy they know how to rebound as a team so that'd be the question i'd ask you know any coach that reached out big like, you know tell me what are your constants and then that's where your focus is um obviously you can throw in some other things you know to get your kids more prepared but if you have your kids understanding knowing what your true identity is as a team or as a culture then that's just going to lead to bigger and better things moving forward um knowing that you have those constants or as at times too, we call those non-negotiables. Those are the three non-negotiables in our program. Understanding what those constants or those non-negotiables are and then implementing that from the jump, right? Now your players are gonna understand it, right? Instead of saying, oh, these were big priorities, but we're gonna wait until, you know, the, the, the you know, what hits the fan, so to speak, when, when games start, it's too late. Um, yeah. I absolutely love that. 
Yeah. Coach, and I, I, I would ahead. say too, just to chime in there, there, you know, with our, our new guys too, like we always emphasize to them, like, you know, like, Hey, here's why these are our three constants is like, you know, one, we play a very unique style of offense, which makes us very efficient. Um, secondly is, you know, since I've been here um, going into year five, we've been a top five defensive team in the country um, from a team shooting percentage from a team uh, points per game. And then we talk about rebounding. Um, our goal is we always want to be plus 10 on the glass. Um, and this past year for being kind of an undersized team, I think we finished second or third in the country. I think we were plus 11 or close to plus 12 on the glass. Rebounding is so key. I mean, I think there's very few teams who you might be really speed turnover oriented, but the majority of teams at any level emphasizing rebounding and putting a focus on that can absolutely make a difference in your win and loss record. Um, I remember my high school team, we were, we were pretty big. We weren't super fast, but we really did a good job of emphasizing rebounding. And, you know, if your team you're playing only takes one shot every possession, that's a pretty good thing right? It's one shot, you're done. You, you better have made that shot because you better believe we're getting that rebound. Uh, that, that's a really big deal when it comes to winning and losing and how valuable possessions are, especially as you go throughout, throughout the season. Coach, we often learn the most from our mistakes, right? I know I have, you know, the, the mountaintop is great. We learn in the valleys the most, right? The winds are great, but we learn a lot from the losses. So would you share with us a mistake that you've made over the years as a, as a college coach during this phase of the season? Um, it, it honestly, it, it kind of pays back to, you know, the question that, you know, you just asked me about, you know, what, what's the advice is, you know, you don't have to cram everything in before your first game, you know, stick to what your constants are, but then, yeah, just kind of throw in some different things to the kids. Um, you know, for us, you know, we, we run a one, three, one zone, you know, we're not going to throw that in right away. That's something maybe we'll throw in maybe four or five weeks into the season. Maybe when we get closer to Thanksgiving or it's like, Hey, after Thanksgiving break, when we come back, let's introduce our one, three, one zone because you don't want to overload these kids. Um, sometimes I say to these guys, it's like, Hey, I might sound like word vomit to you. Um, and that's what we don't want these kids to like have is like being overwhelming, being like, boy, I don't like, I remember doing this, but then two, three days later, we tried to go back over it and they, have, they don't remember it. That's like a, that's a good lesson for me as a coach or just anybody, I mean, anyone that had ever happened to um, is that you don't want to overflow these kids, you know, stick to, you know, the constants like we talked about and then throw in some things because, you know, a lot of times like we right now, pre-COVID, you know, we would be being prepared for our first games this weekend, um, which is kind of a gut punch right now um, to our program. And I know a lot of guys are bummed about it. But, you know, when we go into our opening weekend games, you know, we say to the guys, like, look, we prepared you in the preseason for our offense. We obviously did some more things. But, you know, the one thing, though, is our defense is going to be ready. Our team rebounding is going to be ready. Offensively, are we going to be efficient? At times, it's going to be a little choppy. But, boy, the defense and rebounding, if we can control those two things over the weekend, we'll be successful. And the offense is going to get better. And we always say to the guys too, like, hey, you know, you can always control the defense. The offense is always going to take care of itself. 
So, you know, that would be kind of my advice to, you know, coaches out there of like things that I've learned is like, you don't want to overflow these kids, you know, from, for us, you know, we get four weeks for our first game, high school level, you only get like a couple weeks, maybe. So again, it's a different, you know, timeline between the two, but yeah, I would just say that's the biggest thing I've learned is you can't, you can't give them too much information. So you're making sure that you're emphasizing the constants that you want to see within the program, within the team. You're not overloading them with too much. You're kind of sprinkling it in throughout. And then that also comes in with the communication piece, right? And I think that you guys do a great job of that with the terminology that you have. I think that that's really important for, you know, another coach doesn't need to, like, I don't need to ask you your terminology for a, a coach that's listening, right? Because they need to have their own of, of, of what a team needs to, understand that works best for them but establishing what that terminology is a solid line of communication among your players and coaching staff I can't emphasize that enough um coach I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the coach's edge podcast again I know there's a lot of valuable information on here from talking about floor spacing slowing down in order to be fast uh your read and react actions and everything in between um, and some really good things for me to think about and some other coaches to think about as they, you know, dig into this preseason. Yeah. The great, yeah, great. I appreciate um, having me on again. And like I said, at the beginning, you know, if anybody has questions or like, kind of like want to pick my brain, um, you can always give me a call. You can always, you know, shoot me an email. You know, I'd always, I'm always about learning the game. Um, so like you said, you don't know everything. So like if I have the ability to talk to someone new and pick two to three things from you, I'm all for that. Um, sure. It's just all about evolving this game. Absolutely. And I'll put your contact for information in the show notes for you guys. That if any of you want to get a hold of Coach Burton. Um, so coach, thank you again for your time. Coaches out there, thank you for spending the time listening to the Coach's Edge. I know there's a lot of things that you guys could be doing you chose to spend some time listening to the coach's edge. I appreciate it. Thank you and get after it today. Thank you for listening to this episode. A special thanks to coach Burton for spending the time with me today. And I just think it's so important for us to learn from other coaches on what they do during this really, really important time of basketball season and if we can learn from different coaches and take a few pieces here and there and see how it can apply to our own game and our own program that's only going to make each and every one of us better that's my hope as we continue to dig into the preseason with a handful of coaches that we're talking to this fall if you like what you hear please give us a shout out on social media a positive rating and a review goes a really long way we're really trying to get to 50 ratings before we hit Christmas, the end of the year. That would be awesome. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks again for spending some time with me. Get after it.